Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is Cesar Pliqueta. This is William. This is Ali Riley. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Dan, Mike, Nick, and myself cover all of Chelsea's latest matches, team news, and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you for being an awesome listener, and with no further delay, let's jump right in. And we're back, Chelsea fans, with another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. That's right, I am back. I know you all miss me, and I appreciate all of the messages of support and all the messages <laughs> of how you missed me and how you needed me to come Zero. back because without Zero. me, it's just not the same. So I'm I've, here for the I've people. I've checked our email inbox, Brandon. There are no such, there are no such messages. So. I checked the tweets, too. Direct Zero. messages at me, right, right to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great that you're using a benchmark, which none of us can validate. Super convenient. And so I'm back. And, and not only that, but Nick and Dan and, and Mike, the flowers you sent me were lovely. And, and I'm doing well, so thank you. <laughs> that was an emoji. It had no smell. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. Fine, fine. I'll I'll concede a little bit. Um, but anyways, we're we're back. It's a bit special, right? It's a Wednesday night. We're we're feeling good. The mood is right, Nick, and so we figured let's ride this wave while we can because it's been a very up and down season so far. Yeah, it's it's weird to win two on the trot and in such a different fashion. <laughs> um, you know, I I think this was a uh, 
a really great result, a really great lineup. You know, we're going to inject some positivity into your earballs for a little bit. So be aware. So kind of a, a precaution. If you're coming in looking for the, the hate, it's not happening. Uh, Dan, as you were alluding to before the podcast, you and Mike closer than ever these days. So hopefully you can play off each other a little bit better. That's true. I did over the weekend move from Northern California to Seattle and it's been an, a nice change. And apparently it's just sunny here all the time, Mike. So I'm very excited for the past couple of days to be replicated for the future forward. You know, Dan, that you're not supposed to tell anyone that that's what, that's what keeps people from moving here. So <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Secrets yeah, out. Yeah, I think I think we we're going to be working what less than a mile away from each other. So lots of uh, post work beers. And I remember that, like you said, the first round was on you. So like I, oh, I feel yeah. like that happened in a podcast at least one I, point. Yeah, I can I can afford to buy you a beer or two or three. <laughs> well, congrats on the move to northern northern California, Dan. Um, super excited <laughs> for you. Uh, but anyways, it's Southern Canada, <laughs> Southern Canada. Ooh, I, well, guess we're rounding up on that one. Um, but anyways, uh, real quick, we do have some iTunes reviews, Dan. Isn't that right? Yeah. Midweek heroes, Big individuals time. between Sunday evening and Wednesday evening to pop in a little five star love, get us a little bit closer to that 500 us itunes review goal we're at 495 now we got three five-star reviews mike wakowski we got texas solar and we got joe cole b giving some five-star love some top spins some keep up the great work great show you know just all these positive platitudes and uh, we appreciate that leave a five-star review in itunes we'll give you a shout on the show we get closer to 500 it's it's a win-win-win you know, I don't know the third win is, you know, Brandon, but everybody wins. I got you. The third win are our Patreon members. Brand new to the team, Harrison and Marty, congrats. Jump on Discord. We've had a ton of great discussion today, uh, which we will bring to life here a little bit, but it was pretty much all surrounding the lineup, and we will get into that very soon. Um, you know, but again, a huge shout out to those on Patreon. Again, your questions get prioritized and you have access to us on the discord server and it is a blast. So, uh, you know, right away into the match. So, uh, it was Cardiff city. Quickly. No, 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 no quickly. (laughs) We, we have, we have some exciting news. That's true. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about that. I I guess I was going to save the the good news for last, but we can put it before. No, no. Front front load that shit. Dessert first. (laughs) You you know how it goes. Um, (laughs) Put some sprinkles on that podcast moment. I I think Nick's dessert first and last, but you know. Yeah. Like. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's called be it's called being a little a little fat now. Anyways, cultivating mass. That's where I'm news. cultivating mass. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so thank you to everyone who voted, uh, nominated us for the best international content creator for the football blogging awards. We are happy to announce that we have made it as a finalist. Uh, so that is fucking awesome because we didn't make it the last time that we that we entered in. So we're really excited about that. Uh, but now the hard work begins because we're up against 14 other finalists, which is a crazy amount of finalists, um, almost too many finalists. Alas, we are going to uh, bring this thing home, but we need your help to do it. So you can vote for us on the website, which is footballbloggingawards.co.uk. Uh, we are under the Best International Creator uh, 
drop down menu thing so you can click on us there while you're at it why don't you vote for chelsea fancast is the best podcast we're doing kind of a little cross promotion thing with them they're voting for us we're voting for them we're sharing out the message you know let's paint this thing blue uh, you can also vote on instagram so if you go to the uh, football blogging awards instagram account find the best international creator post and then tag us in that that will count as a vote and on twitter um, we will post the link um, that basically has the easiest way to vote and it'll basically copy and, and paste it in there. So you can vote three ways, uh, whatever's easiest for you or do all three because all of them. Yeah. Because you're amazing and we need all the support we can get. So thank you guys. You're incredible. Um, let's bring this thing home, huh? Well, and, and Nick, um, you know, so the, what you can tweet, if you're listening to this, you want to like throw up Twitter and you're not driving your car or, you know, you're in a, a position where you would not endanger other people by throwing up a tweet. It's, you know, I am voting for at London Boo pod in at the FBAs for hashtag best international content creator, period. That is your post. Uh, also, I know our, uh, other fellow Americans uh, at Hill Cheaters um, are the up for the best fantasy football uh, contribution, and they are going to help uh, push us and promote us. So we want to promote them as a, another individual to vote for while you're kind of helping out in this campaign. Uh, you could throw some love their way, too. Absolutely. So the goal with this is to support Chelsea Fancast, take it as an all-Chelsea sweep, and then our obviously our next lines are two other U.S. creators that are nominated as well. So super excited. We appreciate all that hard work to get us nominated. Now you're going to have to deal with us as we try to win something. So appreciate all the support in advance. But as we talk about it, it is not Cardiff City. We are talking about, um, let's see, Brighton, Hove, and Albion to be specific. And it was in the Premier League and it was at... Uh, Stanford Bridge this past Wednesday, April 3rd. Anyways, scoreline Chelsea 3, Seagulls nothing. No score predictions. We were close. I had 3-1. I believe Dan had 2-0. Um, but alas, here we are at ready for the lineup, Dan. With, and and, and I, let's not touch too much on it now. Let's just cover it and head to the stats. But boy, will we get into the lineup in much more depth. Yeah, a lot of contention around the lineup. Uh, you know, Aretha Blaga in goal. You had Azpilicueta. You had Rudiger. You had Luis. You know, you had Alonso. That was enough contention right there. You know, Conte, you know, Jorginho Kovacic. That really was a lot of problems for people. Then they saw William and Pedro, you know, with Higuain. And everybody was like, what the fuck is going on? Actually, it wasn't the lineup at all. Oh, it was Aretha Blaga. <laughs> Azpilicueta, Christensen, Luis, Emerson. A lot of people happy about that. Obviously, huge support of the Danish Prince myself, so good to see him get a Premier League start. We had N'Golo Conte, Jorginho, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek, our friend. We interviewed him recently. It was phenomenal. So excited to get him a Premier League start. And then Callum Hudson-Odoi gets his moment. The Chocho train himself, along with Olivia oh. Giroud and Eden Hazard, complete the starting 11. And Nick, let your cringe game begin. Yes, this, this was... First of all, Chocho train is is just awful. Like we we can't go forward with that. That's, ugh, ugh. um, this is the I think this is our best lineup right now. Honestly, um, I've been calling for Giroud to start Mike for uh, the last few weeks. I think he's more effective, and I you know we'll get into how the team linked up and everything. But was really happy for him because on on merit he's our best striker right now and. Uh, that was just, it was really good to see. Yeah. You know, I, 
to me, I, I, I almost feel relieved just to have basically Twitter get what they want. You know, <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's nice to see the, the kind of the full support of the fans encouraging the team the way we should. I mean, and we can get into, you know, why it worked and everything else. No, but no, 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 it's no, nice hash, to see no hashtag campaign, no hashtag campaign no. work to get this lineup here. Oh, so d- I don't d- know. Don't, don't, no, don't pep, you know, <laughs> don't don't try to make that myth come into reality. Like the, this was a selection situation. I mean, Pedro was doing warm-ups by himself away from the group, which is also an indicate like he also had a muscular injury ahead of this match. So like it's not like, oh my god, you know, they crowdsourced, yeah, again, yes, would Twitter have selected a lineup very similar to this? Probably. Did it happen because Twitter suggested it? No. Like, that is not the reality of the situation. All right. Well, I, I'm open for a little discussion here. I think it's interesting Nick says this is our best lineup. Um, Rudiger, not in our best lineup. Hasn't, Absolutely. Hasn't hasn't been playing as well as I think people would have expected. And there was a point in the year that, you know, I think Mike and I would have nailed him on as the first name on the team sheet. But as of, as of late, he has not been performing. And, you know, I think his his last match um, against Cardiff um, was just the first in a long line of, uh, of subpar performances. You could also say the same for Louise, but there's only one Christensen to replace either one of those. So, well, to, to um, your point, Nick, like ultimately Rudiger should have been in, should have been forced out of selection by the officials from the last match, and it was lucky for him that that didn't happen. But you know, you look at some of the the aerial defense that he provides relative to some of his peers. You know, there, there are elements of his game that are not as sharp as some of the others, Mike. And I think that you know, to me, that's where some of the questions are: is that Rudiger? You know, we kind of comment on his pace a lot. We comment on some of his ability to close down some of the faster attackers in the Premier League. And you know, Brighton doesn't really have that. So if you're Given a little bit more freedom to pick and choose against a team is probably going to sit back to have both Christensen and Louise in there, both who maybe are better passers, makes more sense to me. You know, I had my fingers in my ears because I will not stand for any trash talk about Rudiger. And uh, no, I, I don't know. I think this is, I'm happy to see Christensen get a, a start and, and a good performance in the Premier League. I think it's important. Um, I do think that the quality of the team speaks to somewhat, um, you know, I think it's an easier outing. But to me, you know, as long as we have two center backs that we can rotate that are playing well, I'm, I'm not worried about, you know, the name on the back so much as having center backs that we can we can count on. All right. Interesting. Um, I it's a lot of the rest of them, though, Nick, as much as I want to are kind of hard to argue um, I still think that Aspie has been pretty below average this season, but you don't have yes. anyone to push him. Like Zappacosta, no one's clamoring for him to come in. Uh, so then if you, you move up to the midfield, you have Jorginho, Conte, and Ruben. I mean, there always is an argument, not today, because Jorginho did a great job, um, of potentially pulling Jorginho out and dropping Conte back. And then... You come to your conundrum, okay, well, are you going to put in Kovacic? Are you going to put in Barkley? Who would go in that midfield three to kind of round it out? Um, if if you're playing, and, and this is my only comment on this, if you're playing the the role, you know, uh, Jorginho in his, you know, preferred position, 
I think that he plays that position better than Kovacic only because he's played it longer. It doesn't mean that he's as, you know, a, a more talented footballer than Kovacic because we've seen him shine in that role as well. But if, you know, just based on, you know, kind of years of experience and the way he interchanges with players like Ruben and Angolo that move around, I think that's when you saw, you know, one of his better performances in a while. And I think that's due to the pieces around him making the willing runs and everything like that. So, uh, so yeah, I would still put him in that role over Kovacic. Wow, resounding agreement from the rest of the team by not saying yep. anything. That's how this typically goes uh, on a podcast. Oh, All right. <laughs> this is the Miles well, Davis of podcasts. We, we also like oh, we like to give Nick's bad ideas breath <sighs> to just sit out there and be judged appropriately. Please, yeah. please go ahead and counter with anything that you have. I mean, Damn. I know, I know. You can say it was only Brighton, but Jorginho had 169 touches, 161 passes, 94 percent pass accuracy, 10 possessions regained, five duels, one, two interceptions, two key passes. So, um, you know, it's good to see. Should him have had back. an assist too. Should have had an assist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. His ball to Callum was in- insane. Insane. Well, and, and you know, going back to our conversation with Pat Nevin, you know, if you counted this the way you should, he had both the you know the assist of the assist for Eden and uh, Ruben's goals. So key, quick, quick key passes that I think unlocked um, both of them to do what they needed to do. Yeah, he he had one of his better games for Chelsea, and you know is not deserving of any of the catcalling that was rumored to be going around Sanford Bridge at times uh, tonight from some of our friends who were there at the match. And you know that's just that's just unfortunate. You know when you have someone who clearly is trying and was also not marked in any capacity by Brighton. They basically just left him alone, which is a terrible idea because he is the person you try to disrupt so that you can really hijack Chelsea and Sarri's plan. And they just left him alone, which was a terrible game plan from Brighton heading into this match. Even Cardiff. They they must have been scouting Twitter, right? Because, you know, they were just listening to people say that Jorginho is garbage. So they just didn't find the need to to mark him. Yeah, they read the uh, you know, CFC Fan TV Twitter account, and they determined <laughs> that that was the way to uh, to manage that situation. Whoops! Damn, with the hot takes today. Wow. So even Cardiff City, just to to, find, to wrap that one up, is you know they actually marked everyone, and in, including Louise, and forced Rudiger to carry the ball up. We saw Rudiger on the ball with a lot of space at the weekend. Not this match. They just gave Jorginho a ton of space to literally run at them in the midfield. Um, but it obviously didn't work out. So, well, hope probably not get a chance to see him touch the ball at the weekend against West Ham. Um, forward line, Nick, if you'd like to defend this ridiculous statement that Ed Nazard, Olivier Giroud, and Callum hudson Adoy are our best attacking three. <laughs> I mean, what do I need to defend? Uh, Ed Nazard, 14 goals, 11 assists now. Not too bad. Olivier Giroud, um, best link-up play that we have on the team and uh, also contributed a goal today. And then Callum contributed an assist and has done more with his minutes than Pedro or William has um, since the start of the new year. So anyone, anyone have a challenge for that? Olivier has one goal in 2019 and it happened today. I, I you know, I'm not going to take away what he's done in the, in the league? league. Yeah. Yeah. This is his but- first premier league goal. Yeah, he he usually gets fifteen courtesy minutes at the end of a 
at the end of a match, Mike. I, all I'm saying is, <laughs> I, I have I've listened to your your reasoning that he's our, our best striker. There's a reason why we went out and we bought um, Iguain. Long we January. leased. We leased Iguain. <laughs> leased last year's well, however model. You, yeah. Whatever we're going to return that to the dealer ago. at the end of the at the end of the season. <laughs> Regardless. He wasn't doing the business of what he needed to do in the Premier League. It's and we true. had to go out and get someone else. Well, so yeah. I think, you know, I'm happy for him. I am really glad to see that, you know, we can continue our form from, you know, European football into the league. Uh, I just hope that that continues when we're not playing, you know, a 15th place team. Hold up, though. Hold up. If you were to pick, you know, you could only have one striker for the Premier League and one striker for the Europa League. Who are you picking for either one of those competitions, Mike? Through the end of the year. Uh, look, all I'm all I'm saying is that I think that sounds like some no, 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 to point to the players that are playing in the Europa League and are having a, a good time against Kiev and some other crummy, you know, team from Hungary or whatnot, and say, look how good they're doing against ten man teams or European competition, where somebody else is struggling in the Premier League against better teams. What What it's is the difference between Kiev? No, no, but, What's the difference we, between Kiev and this, Fulham? And, or Huddersfield, because that's where Iguain got his three goals. Those were his three this goals: is, Huddersfield and Fulham. This is the Fulham. logic that that Chelsea Please. Twitter has used all season. Oh, Emerson's doing great here. Oh no 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 no, oh, no 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 no! That's exhausting no. right there. Yeah, we got pumped and brakes in this leased car that we're talking about. That is Higuain, and just park it for a moment and realize that Higuain has not delivered on what the expectation was. And sorry has also come out in support of him, which is good because, you know, he's he's Sari's guy and, you know, Sari should defend him appropriately. But if you look at the fact that Giroud has continued to make other players around him better and be successful even when he doesn't score a goal, which is what he did for France in the World Cup, which is what he's doing for Edin or for Ruben or for all the other players on the pitch today, like, but I, to today, answer yes, Nick's, today to answer was great. Nick, but to answer Nick's question... Like, ultimately, in these six remaining games of the Premier League season and whatever games remain in the Europa League, if I had the choice between Higuain or Giroud, I'm going to take Giroud because he also has— Look, a, you, you, know, know, you know that I love Giroud. I, I, there's a reason why I have I have his kit. I mean, I love his style of play. Did and you say else. kid? All I'm saying, kit. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Yes, I have his kid. That too. Um, <laughs> no, come on. This is a taken no, no, situation. Listen, listen, this it's a tough season, but but most of the reasoning is that somebody's not playing well. But look at somebody else doing something, and in, and in, in, that's not apples to apples. So all I'm saying is it's really easy to kind of point a finger to a lesser area and say, well, this person should do that. He had his chance earlier on. He didn't. I would. I hope he does. But to me, it's not good enough. We are where we are in fifth place because. Olivier, um, up until now, has not put them in the back of the net. You know, we could be in fourth place if we had a better goal differential. Um, right, look, he's okay, he's okay. been terrible in the air. I, I mean, he he has. You know, if we're talking about leases, we were only supposed to lease him for. You know, he he wasn't supposed to be here this year. I'd sign him it up for a, another year. Uh, no, no, I'd he was sign him up he, for no, another he, year. He, 
he was signed for an 18-month deal, so he should have been here this year. Like, that is the reality of the situation. The The reality is, like, what will happen into the next season. He should season. have been f- our third backup. Well, okay. In a now, perfect world. Let, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way now. Given that he has, in my mind, earned the right based on form, I would play him in the Premier League. I would play Iguain in the Europa League in the hopes that he could beat up on some flat-track bullies and just see what happens. Iguain has not done it in the league. He's been given ample opportunities, and you could argue that the team form has let him down and the service has let him down or whatever. Giroud finds a way to string passes together at least, and that's something that I'm not seeing from Iguain. So if, I'm there with you. All, Look, If all other things are equal, that's what I would do if I was the manager, Brandon. That's what I'm doing. Well, in, in an alternate reality where you're not, I know it's going to be hard for us to imagine <laughs> that. Um, I think on form, right? And unfortunately, Iguain is still adapting. I think, you know, Maurizio had some quotes about he's still trying to figure out the physicality of defenders and, um, you know, how the referees aren't so quick to call fouls. Um, He did jump in really deep against Cardiff to come back and get the ball, but the problem was then we had no one up front to play off of. And and that's what Giroud is offering right now, and it's working. So... um, you know, it's it's. I would say that Nick Nick has a lot of leverage. Saying this is our best team on current form, um, I would asterisk the fact that Christensen doesn't have a lot of minutes to to have a body of work. And the same goes for Callum Hudson Odoi. But they sure did the business today. So in hindsight, I think they did quite well. Um, we're gonna take a really quick break, and we come back. We're gonna be running through the goals, and boy, are they juicy! All right, be right back. That was very seductive. That was super seductive. Did you Boy. see the goals today? The, the juicy goals. You're Boy, are they juicy. I didn't even say Just remember, like that. this all being recorded and we'll get yeah. cut together at some point. Boy, have Boy. have to, fun uh, with this, Jake. <laughs> change your pants? Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> we need a quick commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, as we get into the goals, it would be good to kind of tell you how they came about. So 68% possession, four shots on target from 17 total shots, 929 touches, 751 passes, 22 tackles, seven clearances, seven corners, zero offsides, and five fouls conceded. Chelsea dominated statistics. The only thing they lost out on, Dan, were clearances. We just couldn't match brightens 26 clearances yeah i think with a three nail victory we will concede some stati- you know, statistical anomaly there nailed it, it on it's easy to have it's easy to have uh clearances when you just get pummeled the entire match and that's yeah exactly when, when, you, when you sit back and take it yeah that's yeah. that's kind of what brighton did for the majority of the match all right well let's talk about the first one uh 38th minute one Callum Hudson Adoy to one World Cup winner Olivier Giroud. Uh, as his leading fanboy, Mike, I will let you take this one. <laughs> no, oh, no, perfect. I, let's not put words in my mouth. I love Giroud, and this this <laughs> is the quintessential. This is the goal that we've been missing. You know, he bullied himself into the defender into the box. This is such a difficult um, position to defend. And, you know, we, we saw a very clinical cross, a dangerous cross, and, you know, it was a beautiful link-up play. It's, I, it's what I would hope to see more of. I genuinely have no idea how the ball went in the back of the net. No idea either. I don't either. <laughs> it's pretty much like hockey. They just kind of 
chucked it in the middle and it deflected and you know boom goal. if if you say so uh dan uh callum continuing to disrespect defenders going by them one after another yeah uh and he was uh he was quite exceptional for the entire evening and even threw in at the end of the game some of the defensive responsibility that he's been uh, criticized for in some capacity so uh risa sorry hopefully we'll see that in his uh highlight reel or cut of this match but yeah Callum was brilliant this game you know uh you know he talked about in his post match that he really enjoys a, a nice one-on-one opportunity and you know found himself in in positions really to take on defenders one-on-one and I, I don't know if I was a defender going up against you know one-on-one against Callum a I'm not even anywhere near the physical capacity Nick of any of the defenders in the Premier League by you know, multiples of like a hundred plus, but I would be fucking terrified. And like he catches people and like, I'm wondering how they don't break their ankles on the spot when Callum just finds a way to get around them. Yeah. William is quick laterally. And, you know, Ed Hazard obviously is like, just, he's like a gravity machine. He just moves and people can't keep up with him. Uh, Callum Hudson Adoy is fast, and there's a significant difference between being quick and fast. Uh, he his movement and his feints and the way he will trick a defender into positioning himself wrong are are really really good. And he said in in the post match interview, I think with Sky Sports, he got a little smirk on his face, and he's like, "I really like one on ones. Those are those are fun for me." And like, and that's the kind of confidence that he has. Like, he clearly. I think he knows what he can do and just, you know, I think the the way the ball was moving today, Brandon kind of allowed him a lot of time and space on the right-hand side as, you know, people are occupied with uh, Eden Hazard on the left. Yeah, I, he knows what he has got and uh, he plays those strengths and good, good for him. Um, thankfully, went into the break up a goal, which is probably a bit of an uncomfortable feeling for that that team (laughs) maybe an awkward team talk for Maurizio not really knowing what to say Uh, but they came out in the 60th minute Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek continuing the hyphenated assist record uh, to Eden Azard that Eden kid is pretty good Nick I think we should continue to play him yeah it would be neat to keep him around for a little while it's not so great at Real Madrid Tebow yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Th- I mean, look, the there's f- what I think up to four people around him as he's dribbling at at the goal here, and because he can move his body and shift the ball so quickly, and it's so near his foot, I, you know, he just he provides himself space that you know most other players can't create for themselves. This was a, a great goal. Um, and, and one that I, you know, I think most Chelsea fans wish he would take on more often because he clearly has this shot in his locker, Dan. I mean, this is what we would hope would get him to be a 20 goal a year, uh, striker. Honestly, he, he could definitely do this. Yeah. He has ended up assisting 12 times this season, which matches his total contribution in a premier league season. And he has six matches to go to exceed that. And this was just an absolute joyous goal to celebrate and be excited about as he continues to uh, potentially lead up to breaking our hearts at the end of the season. Uh, at least, you know, from my perspective, Mike, I think, you know, I will miss 
this type of Eden Hazard. You know, there are times where he is super consistent and performing at absolute high levels. There's times where he's valleyed a little bit and not been as consistent or kind of finds his way out of matches. But this is the type of editing you want to see every single week and it gets you excited to think about you know it gets you excited about seeing him play but gets you sad now in this prospect of potentially not having him here and uh, that's a hard thing to grapple with right now yeah I mean this is the epitome of amazing players and and I think it's kind of that he could have told all those defenders that he was going to turn and shoot the ball and they would have there was nothing that they could do to stick with him and I think you know watching him you know, play this way is just amazing. And to me, at this moment, I'm trying not to think about anything else, Dan. I know you love to go to the darkest timelines, but um, I'm just trying to to really enjoy what we saw today and hope that it propels us forward in the last few matches to potentially yeah. fourth place. Darkness, yeah, Dan. Uh, yeah. It is. Uh, it is. It could be a very dark timeline if we lose and Hazard, and you know, our registration slash transfer ban is upheld. But I will enjoy the six remaining Premier League matches and whatever is left with the Europa League. Hopefully that takes us into the final and sees us lift a trophy. And if that were to be the way that and Hazard leaves, I will be sad to not see him play for Chelsea anymore, but be excited and look to tell uh, future generations of Dormers about how exciting it was to, you know, to watch Ed Hazard play for Chelsea because it was magical and it's been exciting and uh you know it's just, i wish it would continue forward well you, oh. you have some big news to tell us there? <laughs> no 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 <laughs> stop you're evil you're bad that is darkest <laughs> timeline right now hey bro those are your words you know uh, hey. all right all right hey 63rd minute reverse it real quick ed nazard on the assist ruben loftus cheek with the game winner dan uh another generational story for dormers to come <laughs> Um, I, I almost tweeted, but I, I held back. I was like, this, this goal got the entire team pregnant and it's not even possible. It's not even <laughs> you know possible for men to get pregnant yet. Somehow Ruben Loftus-Cheek's goal got our entire crew pregnant because it was that fucking sexy. This, this took a turn for the worst. Um, yeah, it did. Really, it was I'm bad. Sad, I'm sad that we did this, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that we recorded tonight that, uh, <laughs> that Ruben Loftus-Cheek scored an amazing goal. I, I did enjoy, though, like to not take a turn for the worse, but Ruben and Eden going after each other, one another, on Twitter after the fact, when Ruben Loftus-Cheek tweeted that he did it better, and then Nick, when Eden Hazard decided to say, well, yeah, you learn from the best. Oh, man. So uh, after everything that's happened, and I think all of, you know, our interview with Ruben, you know, our our disappointment when he got hurt and for him to come back and, and rehab and to score this goal, you know, it's a score against uh, Cardiff at the weekend. You're starting to see a guy that could be a, just an absolute destroyer uh, for this club. If he can stay healthy. I mean, he carries the ball with such confidence. He passes with, with such confidence in the final third uh, you know, I think some of his passes into uh, into Giroud today were absolutely outstanding. And then to get the Twitter bants, Mike, at the end with, you know, with, with he, you know, him telling Eden he's <laughs> he scored a better goal than he did. And then Eden schooling the young grasshopper. <laughs> it's 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 just brilliant. And it brings good vibes that we desperately fucking need at this point in the year. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's been a long season, and I think to kind of feel this this unity is was refreshing. Uh, I mean, if you look up "Hold My Beer," it's quite literally Ruben's goal. <laughs> you know, it, it almost reminded me of like the those old school um, Jordan and Bird McDonald's commercials where they're just going back at it, Ooh, back and forth. Good call out. Um, but yeah, I uh, you know Hazard's goal was gorgeous, and Ruben just you know. I, I was shocked. It was just even better. So um, I am very, very happy to see him. You know, I, I know a lot of people are very excited about, uh, you know, Calm Hudson, Adoy, and I'm excited for our young players. But to see Ruben shining, I think, to me, I think he makes a bigger impact in the field right now um, than, than uh, Callum does at times. So I think if we can... I think if we can keep getting those performances from Ruben, we will be a much different team. So I'm if, very if you if you listen to the to the audio during this part during this goal, you can hear a, a quiet. I've got this, lads, and just <laughs> psh, psh, gone rocket sounds, Brandon. That's what it is. Uh, it was uh, it was a great day out. I think when you look at the lineup that was presented, uh, the opportunities that were seized, it was it was euphoria for the fans uh both of those in the stadium and both of those uh watching online from you know near and far away uh and and i tell you what the mood is significantly different right i mean we were literally calling well i shouldn't say we i apologize uh, a lot of fans were even saying that that was the time to to sack sorry the fact that he accidentally we accidentally beat cardiff thanks to some you know shocking refereeing um, I, you know, wasn't it Clayton on the pod saying that that actually probably bought him time that he didn't deserve? Uh, and here we are. You know, it's the typical kind of roller coaster that we've had this season, right? Um, beat beat Cardiff on a fluke situation, go and crush Brighton, and now we have West Ham at the weekend, and it's like, great. What if we lose to West Ham? It's just the same circles over and over. But I mean, right now, Mike, the margins are too thin. The way that this Premier League table stands. It is an absolute traffic jam at the top. Well, I should I shouldn't say at the top. Uh, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Right, you're at 63 points for Arsenal, and uh, or for Spurs in third. 64 points for Spurs in third. 63 points for Arsenal fourth. Chelsea on 63 points in fifth, and United on 61 points. We're five goals behind Arsenal on goal difference. That is it. Except we've played one more game than they have, so they they do have an edge. But regardless, it is so tight up at the top four. Yeah, it's tough. I think, you know, this season was all about missed opportunities, you know, woodwork hit, uh, sloppy goals conceded. And I really hope that um, that the upward trajectory we're seeing can be continued and that we can fight. You know, if, if we can if we can fight our way into fourth and we can also finish winning the Europa League, um, you know, regardless of what happens going forward with our manager, I would, you know, I would applaud him for that. I know that there have been, you know, I know people are split on, on their feelings and everything else, but um, it's really tough. You know, I mean, we could have had four or five goals um, that we missed, uh, easy opportunities, headers, and, you know, all this other stuff in this match. So um, I'm really happy that we won with the margin we did. I was kind of hoping we'd see a couple more of those opportunities going to the back of the net um, because I think it's going to be so tight, and I'm just praying we can squeak it out. Nick, what, so, what are your thoughts? So, or so Dan. Before, 
so I'm going to say, so we, we kind of go back to the 538 soccer club predictions, uh, football predictions is the way, you know, that it should be written, but the way they say soccer. So I'm just reading off their page, but they project right now, obviously a city finish as the champions of the league by one point at 94 over Liverpool at 93. Global humanity is saved. There's no apocalypse. You know, we all get to continue living. It's wonderful. Um, they also then project that Arsenal and Tottenham would be your finishers tied level on points at 76 apiece. And then right behind it would be Chelsea at 74 and then United at 71. Um, they're projecting that we have a 44% chance of um, qualifying for the Champions League through just points qualification right now. They're putting the edge for Arsenal and Tottenham, which makes sense to me based upon what the remaining schedule looks like when you kind of think that Spurs have left Huddersfield, City away. They have Brighton, West Ham, Bournemouth away, and Everton as their remaining matches this season. We think about Arsenal. They go away to Everton. They go to away to Watford. They play Crystal Palace. They go to away to Wolves, which could be a stumbling block. We saw that for United. They play Leicester away. They play Brighton at home, and they play Burnley away. That could be, you know, it could provide some tricky results. We still have West Ham, Liverpool away, Burnley, United away. Watford and Leicester as our remaining matches, and then United have West Ham, Everton away, City, Chelsea, Huddersfield away, and then Cardiff. So th- this is going to come down to the fucking wire, Nick. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to, you know, put all our eggs in one basket, right? Like we need to make sure that we spend the appropriate amount of time in Europa League preparation as we do for everything else. But you know, as anything else has shown. This season is basically unpredictable because right now we have Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham as our two, three, and four. Yeah, it's look. I genuinely don't think our schedule is the is the kindest of the four that you just rattled off. Um, I think Liverpool away with everything they have on the line right now um, is going to be extraordinarily tough. Um, but how funny you know, would it be to repeat Slippy G? Oh, it would be. It would provide me with a joy that only winning the league could uh, could do. So that would be excellent. And then to uh, to beat United away would be a treasure as well. But you know, look, we have to take care of business. You know, I think there's just a lot that can happen. And as Wolves showed, like there there are there are landmines along the way to the uh, to the end of the season. So. Um, just got to do our best with the with the eleven we saw today, Nick. Do you think we can do the business against Liverpool in the next few weeks with that same starting eleven? You is mean that the, the is I that, do. You mean the you best so? starting eleven? The best starting eleven? Yeah. yeah, I I actually do. And the only reason I say that is if Giroud is your hold up guy, you always have a chance for you know because I I don't think we're gonna play you know, possession dominant football against Liverpool United at their place. Right. So not a chance if you're, yeah. So if you're, if you're already conceding that, then Giroud is your best option because he provides you the link up play to counterattack. Whereas Iguain is much more suited for a possession dominant kind of system with a lot of service. in. if you add the speed of Callum Hudson, Callum Hudson, and or William on that right side, and you're able to counter. I mean, we've seen Williams score a couple of nice goals at Anfield. Um, so I think there, there's the opportunity there. I mean, but 
it, it really comes down to the midfield, in my opinion, like how how this midfield works together, how they pass the ball, they move the ball, how they defend, you know, where N'Golo Conte's overall position is. And, you know, look, I mean, anything's possible. Um, and until Liverpool win the league, uh, you know, they're always going to have that doubt in their mind. So that's something we should play into. It is uh, a bit nervy for them, obviously, but... Um. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a good running. So again, West Ham at the weekend. Make sure you're you're at your pub at your local uh, Chelsea chapter. It's Monday. Uh, Wait, I, so? so so one thing. Whoa. So one thing. We didn't run a Dan of the match poll. Okay. My bad. Adapting to a new job. However, I would like to poll the group and understand who our man of the match would have been. Ruben, for me, I think he made such a difference. I'm a massive fan of his interchange today and his goal is just kind of the cherry on top i i could say ruben as well but i would give you a little different uh take on it i would say because he also had a lot of pressure to perform ed nazar not so you know that's just what he does we know it's a standard but ruben stepped up in a big way uh today as well yeah i, I gotta Michael? go i gotta go ruben i mean i think you know ed might have the tiebreaker but i think Overall, I, I would give it to Ruben. Yeah, I'm, I was going to say Eden. So screw y'all, and we're we're done, right? Like this is the end of the episode now. <laughs> it quite literally is. So hey, thanks for joining with us, uh, midweek pod. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let us know what you thought of the match. Maybe you want to tell us who you thought the real Dan of the match winner is. And uh, we can go from there. So, again, shout out to our new Patreon, our new iTunes reviews. Uh, you guys are amazing. We appreciate the community we have. Uh, only going to keep it going uh, as we push on the football blogging awards. But, again, a huge thank you for listeners. Uh, you are what makes us so much fun. And until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>